How's it going, Mark? Oh, I'm pretty good, Johnny. How are you? Uh, other than fighting COVID, you know, doing fan-freaking-tastic. Oh, poor guy. You know, it's it just sucks because I get all this really cool paid time off and and all that stuff, and I, I really feel like I'm not, not quite giving it my all, you know? Like, really the worst of this COVID stuff, Mark. It yeah? got I got over it real fast. Ooh, okay. Maybe it's because I'm vaccinated. Maybe it's because I just got my booster shot. Uh, yeah, you know, because that time is really for the truly disabled, Mark. People like Jimmy Wichard. <laughs> Welcome to Dangle Podcast, everybody. How are we doing tonight? Welcome to Dangle Podcast, the weekly King of the Hill podcast, where I, Mark, and my good buddy, Johnny, we take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic King of the Hill, and we rate them, and we review them, and we talk about them, and the goods, and the bads, and the highs, and the lows, and Johnny, I think we ought to jump right in, buddy. I think we should. So this is a very extra special episode uh, for our listeners here. We're actually going to cram three whole episodes into one instead of our standard two. Three King of the Hill episodes into one? We're, Johnny, we're going to have an airtight episode? It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Let's just hope it doesn't take us an hour and a half to talk about Peggy's Turtle Song. If it does, well, we might want to think about hanging her up. Ooh. It, we might. We might. This might be our final episode, guys, if that's the case. Well, why don't we just jump right on in? Uh, we are, last Last we left off here, we are on episode 32, Junkie Business. Uh, original air date of April 26, 1998. All right. Our writer here is one Jim Dotrieve. All right. See him. We see a you lot of him. You remember him? Yeah, he doesn't say you may remember him from uh, quite a few of these at this point. I think we've uh, we've already been singing his praises. Son that got away, Company Man, Snow Job. Uh, he's got some good ones, real good ones coming up here. So, and of course, he is obviously I, I think as we've mentioned before is the voice or uh, not the voice, excuse me. He is the uh oh my god namesake Na- namesake. Thank you. Namesake of one Bill Dotrieve. Mm-hmm. Wow, this uh, this brain fog is no joke, folks. <laughs> no freaking joke at all. So our cast of characters for the ju- episode Junkie Business is Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Lou Ann Platter, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, Buck Strickland. We have an introduction of Maria Montalvo, and what a fox is she. <laughs> uh, we have the return of Anthony Page, which I did not see coming back. Yeah, I didn't uh, either. And, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to think here. Was his name officially Anthony Page in our pilot episode, Mark? Yes, it was. Yeah, he was Anthony okay, Page. Okay, excellent. Too. You just don't see Hank calling that's, Big Boy in this one, which yeah, it's which is kind of a it's a shame because it's it's ripe for it. Just definitely some angry Hank moments at Anthony Page. Or, or, or you know, we bitch a lot about them just recycling voice actors doing the same voice. With this one, they're just like nah. Throw in the dude from episode one, no one will notice. Yeah, pretty much. The one that's supposed to be back in L.A. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've also got Jason Adderley. Uh, that's kind of a cool callback as well. We haven't seen him for a while. Yeah. Um, we've got Joe Jack. The I think this might be the introduction, or at least maybe the first time she's named Debbie Grund. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have Mr. Harrington. Uh, we have a worker applicant uh, who obviously apparently does not know who the Dallas Cowboys are, or I can't remember what this guy's deal was. It's been a minute since I watched this episode, Mark. It was a couple days ago. That's all right, buddy. Um, uh, 
And then, of course, we have uh, the the junkie, the one who puts the junk in the junkie business, <laughs> one Leon Petard. Yep. <laughs> and I, I do find it kind of fun. Leon, he is voiced actually by one of the writers, one of the people on the writing staff for King of the Hill. And we're actually going to see one of this writer's episodes in about two episodes from now. So even in this uh, very same podcast. Oh, boy. It is one Brent Forrester, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Brent Forrester. I feel well, like I Mark, you want to hit us with a synopsis? Uh, yeah, Brent Forrester? Sure. Uh, Brent Forrester. So, yeah. I don't know. It hung up on me. I also had a thought. Yeah. I'll save the thought. Never mind. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. Synopsis. Um, Strickland is down a man, and Hank is set to the task of hiring said man. And he hires a drug addict, and he fires a drug addict, and it's funny, and Twig Boy comes back, and I, yeah, it's a weird episode. It's a real weird episode. And it makes you feel kind of it, weird about things, yeah. it just in general. For me, it did. I got weird it. About does. It does. Like the discrimination laws and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. We talk an awful lot on this podcast about being woke. And this definitely feels like, um, like what is it, virtue calling? Cancel culture? Like th- This feels like very early shades of all of that nonsense. Yeah. But it's also weird that like the whole self-diagnosis thing was a pain in the ass back in 1990, whatever, too. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So our A story characters here are Hank, Buck and Leon. At least I think it's fair to put Buck in here as the A story characters. He comes you back think? a couple of times. I, mm, I mean, I, don't know. I feel like Buck's just a catalyst for it, but. He's a side story. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. He comes back and then eventually is the foil at the end to get rid of Leon. So that's why I threw him in the A story. Uh, let's see. We got some pros and cons here, buddy. What about you? I have a lot of notes. I don't have. I, yeah. Um, let's, I guess let's a, hear a couple it, man. Notes I don't have a I guess whole lot of call, pros and cons here. I don't even know how to do this. Number one, this episode isn't funny for certain things. And it's like the joke about the religion or whatever. But then I get to thinking, you need religious diversity in a staff because those holidays are going to overlap each other, you know? So, like, right. yeah, availability year-round. Like, thanks to our diversity, we can service you year-round. Here yeah, absolutely. I don't know. That was a thought that I had. Um, I'm glad to see Monsignor Martinez again, and he shoots the friar wearing a wire. And, yes, I wrote that to rhyme, and it just tickled me when I saw it. Um... This is a weird episode of Returns, and I already kind of spoiled it with Monsignor Mon- Monsignor Martinez, but Twig Boy's back <laughs> and Mrs. Throckmorton is back. And you might remember Mrs. Throckmorton from Snow Job when her hands were frozen to her walker. Yes. <laughs> it's like a pretty deep cut here, but also, I mean, we did talk about Snow Job is a Jim Dotrieve episode, so maybe he's just got a thing for old ladies. See, I had this thought, too. And I guess I can kind of vent it a little bit now that we're in pro and con. And as a con, this is one of those more ugly episodes. It's still got yes. the weird, harsh lines. Do you think they're just like shortchanging Jim Dotrieve, like with the bad animation, ep- <laughs> with the bad animation episodes? I mean, I don't know. I also feel like they took all of the assets in this episode specifically and like cherry picked where they were going to do them because there are some very, very well drawn Leon moments in this. But everybody else looks like trash. That's true, yeah. But, like, it reminds me of season one. And we had this problem with uh, Company Man, too. Because it was shown out of sequence, so... And that, I don't know. I I don't know. Whatever. I'm reading too much into it. 
<laughs> Maybe they just like Jim Deltrieve's writing so much. They're like, eh, to hell with it. At least if, if people are going to be entertained, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Guy's a pro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Like, the animation is just the ice cream on the pie. You you got to save it. <laughs> you can't go in that's guns why, blazing. That's why. That's why the later seasons are so beautiful. There you go. <laughs> Sweeping proclamation here. All right, I'm rambling again. I don't know. Pros. Maria's funny. The hills are horny, and I love Hank's face after they bone. Because he, like, <laughs> he realizes the full weight of what he did, and I, like, in the moment or whatever, and I I really love that. Oh, yeah. I don't think I, I put a note down here, but I always, I very much vividly remember that. Be, oh, no, I totally did here, because uh, it's in my pros and cons. Peggy's O-Face. <laughs> oh, it's you, oh, you basically just you, you see peggy in total ecstasy and just knocked the hell out and hank just going like oh my god what did i just do <laughs> oh man <laughs> i there's there is some good it, stuff in this there is but then you think about it without getting way too much into it you know the hills were boning all the time before they had bobby they, they talk about it like oh yeah yeah, and I, it's good to know they kept going. Good for you guys. Proud of you. It's, yeah, it's nice to know you can just throw a curveball in there every now and again, and it's, it doesn't really throw off your rotation. <laughs> you stop doing it so hard, you're going to chip my nails. <laughs> Worst comeback ever. Moving on. Johnny, pros, go. Um, so I really like uh, the, the beginning of this episode after Hank finds out that he's going to be hiring the new accessories associate, as Buck so eloquently puts it, um, he's interviewing, he's doing mock interviews with Bobby and Bobby's just doing his whole, like, I, I'm, I am the showman of the house. So of course this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, yep. I don't know. My husband just left me and all this and that. And Hank of course is, is eating it up. And then he's, he gets legit with him. Like, well, why don't you just give me the job, dad? Huh? Just keep throwing those curveballs, Bobby. <laughs> It always, it tickles me a little bit. Well, and it's because, you know, like, he would be happy to work with his dad, but at the same time, he wouldn't get to do that sort of stuff, and so he wouldn't last there very long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, Um, and you can't put Bobby with Joe Jack, like, insanity. You can't. You can't. It's way too soon. Um, I love the surprise appearance of Dale in the job interviews. Oh, Yeah. It, it kills me every time that he somehow, I mean, this is, it's a typical Dale move to do, but he just sits there and goes, well, of course, I've, I've been in propane in Arizona for 20 years, 30 years. <laughs> oh, and I worked with Maria Montalvo. That. She's terrible. She's no damn good. I was just going to say, I love that callback. Worked with her in Yuma. Love that. <laughs> it's just no good. Um, we already talked about Peggy's O-Face. This is our first... <laughs> Taste the meat, not the heat. Is it really? I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't. I don't believe I've heard it before, and it's uh, right after right. Leon picks up the phone and totally screws it up. <laughs> I also I want to know every time I watch this, I want to know how that is so offensive to someone that they are just going to take their business elsewhere. I do like inside baseball. I get threatened with somebody taking their business elsewhere at least three times a day. Yeah. And it's like over the most benign things. Like, no, we don't carry loose red potatoes. We never have. I'll go to Walmart. <laughs> I don't care. 
Enjoy it. You're a thousand and you spend twenty dollars here a week. We're not gonna notice you, sir. Good day. <laughs> no, well, I will not kill myself. People like me. There's like uh, three, th- three total like monopolies on grocery stores. Any pretty much in any given town. Like, okay, if you're not going to go to one, you're going to go to the other two. And somehow all yeah. three of them managed to make it work. And it's been going on this long. Yeah. Like, oh, it's, know. yeah, ages. Um, and I think the last pro I've got in here is I love Buck's plan of getting rid of Leon. Just sending Hank down to Dallas and telling him to go and pick up any, any every pill, powder, anything he can smoke or snort. Just bring it all up here and we're going to leave it in the bathroom for him. <laughs> like that is such a we're starting to see the buck that i know and love that is just a terrible human being uh doesn't buck tell hank to like put on his sunday best or something too he does yeah he's something like, right, that just... effect like <laughs> you gotta dress up to buy drugs it's great oh yeah um yeah so i mean that's those are kind of the pros that i've got you want me to jump into some cons mark yeah, let's do some cons. So I'm going to throw in my only retro reference rage here, and it's in my first con, and it's going to sound okay. weird and ca- contradictory that I totally did this, because my re- my retro rage here is Troy Aikman. And it's I had that too, he, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, he's he's an older Cowboys quarterback. I almost said receiver. He's an older Cowboys <laughs> quarterback. He's been on TV as an, as a caster for what 15 years it feels like now yeah but most people don't know him anymore like they wouldn't know him anymore as a quarterback unless you knew that like basically every sportscaster for the nfl used to be a player now yeah my con here like i said that's totally contradictory is i find it hard to believe that anyone in texas in 1998 did not know who he was like he was that popular i don't know like i don't know who denver's quarterback is you don't know now, but I bet you knew when John Elway was, and he was as popular as John Elway. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe. Like, that's I, that's my argument here. That's my okay. argument. And it's like, at that point, we're in the middle of, of Dallas, Texas, and, well, not Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys being America's team. Like, if you didn't have a team or you didn't like the one in your state, you were a Dallas fan. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know. I'm also open to, to some arguments. No, I think you're right. I I don't know. Yeah. No, you're... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> because... Well, no, because it's Texas, so, like, you know that everybody's into sports. It's not like... I don't know. It's not like New England, where there's a dedicated part of the population that is not into any type of sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, everyone would have to be, so you would have to know Troy, Troy Aikman, just, like, through the sublimation of popular culture. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of where I went with it, but... Uh, okay. The only other con I've got for this episode, but it's a big one, and it really part of this is uh, spoilers to all you people that have been listening to us. I work in the addictions field, uh, so it's me getting like weird and nitpicky because this just happens to be something I work with a lot in my daily job. And it's just how inaccurate... A lot of the other diseases are, and especially Leon's portrayal of an addict. Like, it yeah. is very much not that. And it's not how that law works. It's not how any of that shit works. And it just drives me nuts. 
So it's it's a per- more of a personal con here because it definitely makes for good entertainment. I love the idea that Joe Jack won't get off his ass because he thinks Garth Brooks is going to die, but <laughs> that is not how OCD works. Not even a little bit. Isn't that a also, type, I can, though, like, if I don't do X, then Y will happen? Uh, it's definitely not really OCD, but it is kind of OCD. Like, that's, that's like, something super like intense. That or something. That's like yeah. that's like agoraphobic OCD, basically. Um, also, yeah. to throw that back there, I totally could have put Garth Brooks in Retro Reference Rage. Ah, uh, no, sir, you couldn't. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. there's a there is a there is a goddamn Garth Brooks billboard right by the entrance to the sand dunes. Nope, Garth. <laughs> they put it up okay, last year. It's talking about how we're all one race, and sure, that's cool and all, but also piss on you, Garth. You're Canadian. Don't talk about American shit just because your country sweetheart. Like, whatever. Not the point hey, I was trying to make, to... but no, dude. Garth Brooks, no, Garth Brooks exists, like, powerfully. It's, He's on maybe a billboard, why. Johnny. And he looks damn good. Like, holy God, does Garth Brooks look good. And maybe you can that's... tell it's a recent headshot, too. I don't know, man. Like, I, He was at the presidential inauguration, and I just remember it very vividly because I'm watching it on the TV. And not only does he, like... Despite to, to hell with all the COVID precautions, he goes up and straight up shakes the new president's hand. But then he also like dips across the the hall and, and goes and shakes Obama's hand. And then he goes and shakes W's hand. Like, he's just like, to hell with it. He's the only one of the guests that does that. Like, he makes it a point to just go, well, shit, I'm here. I'm going to do it. Yep. I don't know. It's a very, like, country thing to do. I, I got to admit, as much as I despise 90s country, he seems like a kind of a cool guy. I love Garth Brooks, man. Oh, dude. Thunder Rolls, Beaches of Cheyenne. Oh, no. Don't even worry about it. I'm rambling again. Cowboy Bill is the saddest song ever written. Go listen to Cowboy Bill right now by Garth Brooks. Holy shit. <laughs> I'd rather listen to Big Iron. But uh, before that, Ooh, I want to hear some Robbins, of your cons, Mark. Always choice. Oh, I got something to say about this. Number one. Number one. Okay. I don't even know how to do this. So heads or tail. Literally, they're both my number one. Um, Peggy is starting to turn in this episode. We saw her get weird, and maybe that's Peggy's trigger, is jealousy for Hank. We saw her get super, super weird in I Remember Mono. Like, you know, stalking, breaking beef ribs with a single punch. She, you know, she goes all all might on some ribs. Like, Peggy, (laughs) we've seen it a little bit, but now this one she's starting to get weird. And we just saw it also in Hank's Dirty Laundry, where Peggy immediately flips on the man that she has loved for however many years, doesn't matter. As soon as there's any tiny thing that she can grasp at, she will grab it so hard and flip it on Hank. And in this case, suddenly Hank is cheating on her because he's in love with Maria Montoya. Like, or Mon- Montalvo? Montoya. Montalvo. Montalvo. I work with the Maria Montalvo and a Maria Montoya, and I gotta tell you, this episode really screwed with me. <laughs> <laughs> are either of them red hot chicanas i think there's a stephen king quote in the gunslinger or in the dark yeah the first book of the dark tower and he says there was a time when she was beautiful but time and moved on <laughs> is my answer to that question wow wow you're throwing down dark tower uh insults against uh co-workers dude i love not, it the world is indeed insults, moved on not insults just statement of fact <laughs> There was a time when they were beautiful, but time has moved on. Ooh. <laughs> and it is 53 degrees outside. Like, just facts. <laughs> um, 
Well, let's see here. What what other cons you got, buddy? Um, so my second con with this, which pisses me off as bad as Peggy, Strickland has female to, female employees. We see them. Like, why is it an issue for Hank to hire this one? You know yeah. that Buck has always relegated hiring to Hank. Buck doesn't do dick. Also, uh, sub con A, Buck is shitting again, Johnny. He's shitting again. We just saw him <laughs> yeah. shitting in Snow Job. And it's so important that he drags him in there, takes the shit, flushes, and then announces. Like, it's some big thing. And I, God, I feel so bad for everybody at Strickland. The males and the female employees bringing it back. There are already female employees. Why is Hank so hung up on Maria? I don't get it. It really irritates me. It's, I don't know. No, you you make a very valid point because I mean it's it's a whole plot point late in a, another later season of a character that we get to see in this episode about how she is hot and intentionally sleeping with the boss, you know, yeah. like he doesn't have a problem with Debbie. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, or because Donna or, Donna or whoever the other we one see is. Donna or glasses. I don't know glasses' name. <laughs> I don't think she gets a I, name. Uh, she does. I just I don't remember it either off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I sorry. I just. I uh, but I'm pretty sure she is also a lesbian. If I'm going is far she? enough into my into my lexicon here. Oh neat. Okay. May, or maybe she's bisexual. I don't remember. Oh, from that weird MySpace episode, right? <laughs> yeah, the yep. super dated MySpace episode. <laughs> yep. But that's for another season. Yes, it is. Um, God willing, we get there. I also, one little con I have is I don't like it when TV does drugs because it's kind of, it's like what you're kind of saying about how it's inaccurate, but I just hate right. the gloss. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's, it makes it weird. It makes it uncomfortable. And I get that that's the point. I just don't like when TV does drugs or at least not network TV, you know? Sure. Now, and I gotta, but, yeah. I gotta ask you here, Mark, if you had to yes. guess what it is that uh that our boy is is smoking huffing snorting in the bathroom what what drug do you think he's doing i gotta guess heroin because he takes methadone right that's that was my bet my first and best guess is is heroin and it he's obviously not smoking it in there because he would smell something yeah but he's also super energetic and i'd also think like maybe it is just like crystal meth he could be. Maybe he's doing like an upper and a downer that's all crunched up and just freebasing. Speedballs doing balloons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you never know. Never know. They never actually, and I think it's intentionally. They don't ever actually call out what he's getting high on. Which good, but like he has a weird range of symptoms, and that's what irritates me. Yes. It's like, I can openly say that I smoke weed, and I've never in my life hallucinated trip balls the way that TV told me that I would trip balls in the 90s. You know what I mean? And yeah, this oh, has absolutely. that feeling to me. And it's and whatever, I get it. He's an addict, and that's the point we take away, but I don't know. Sure. I really but love also, uh, Bobby's point of addiction with Leon, too. What's that? <laughs> I was going to say, I really love Bobby's reaction to Leon, too. Oh, once again, reasonable Bobby. Yeah. Like we had like when um with with you know Square Peg and Hank says it's cooties. Oh, you or not Square Peg. Oh, whatever. The Valentine's Day one. And yeah. oh, cooties. Oh, you mean chlamydia or whatever? And Bobby's just being, <laughs> you know, 
He's just the straight man? Yeah, so doesn't even care. Uh Uh-huh. He's just like, "Uh, Dad, you hired a drug addict. I've I've listened to enough uh, former professional athletes talk at my school. (laughs) You're a codependent enabler. (laughs) I love that line. (laughs) And once again, he doesn't say it accusingly. It's just like, oh, you're being naive, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Not this is your fault. Just, oh, yeah, you're doing this. Yeah. I definitely think that this right here, we we don't see, or maybe we do. Maybe it's something I just haven't noticed until now. But maybe mm-hmm. this is why Hank and Peggy are so good together. Because they get naive about stupid shit. Oh, yeah. Because this is definitely an instance where everybody but Hank probably would have seen this a mile away. But he was so yeah. worried about uh, hiring his first employee. He just couldn't do Alleged- it. Yeah. Yeah, he just didn't, yeah. Well, do we want to bust into some favorite moments? Or you got some more? I got one more con, and it's just, I'm just kind of getting bitchy here. Sure. But, man, I don't like the way that this episode, I don't like the way that it does it. I don't like the whole, like, it really just seems like if you have 15 or fewer people, you can do whatever the hell you want, you know? And then you can't. It just makes me feel gross with the wrap up on it. And I feel for Hank wanting to work. I really, really get that part. And that's cool. Sure. But like, man, the rest of it, just everybody there is a piece of crap. Like we already know the buck is probably not working ever. He probably sits in his office and watches TV. Yeah. Or, you know, I got to take care of something at the other branch and drives off. You know, he's probably there once a week if he has four other branches, but like, I don't know. I, I get the knowing there works and stuff, but I feel for Hank. But at the same time, like, I don't like the way they handle the disability stuff because I feel like it just makes me feel gross. And I don't know. That's all I got. Sorry. Yeah. No, like I think you, you make a valid point and it's very topical considering like you and I now live in a, in an age where people are actively protesting vaccine mandates and are basically getting told, guess what? You're going to have to have this done. And if there's over a hundred people in this whole company, then the federal government is now telling you that you have to have it done. So like there's a bunch of these weird rules and very specific things and it does like mm-hmm. it you know i i mentioned earlier in the podcast guys that i'm recovering from covid and i've been vaccinated and all this and that i i don't really give a shit if you want want to get vaccinated or not that's your prerogative if you get me sick yeah i'm going to be kind of pissed off at you i don't know who got me sick before but kind of an <laughs> asshole whose fault is um, now pretty much so but it's like you know i'm doing my best here and keeping myself quarantined and yada 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 i don't think it's necessarily the government's place to say okay you just need to go and do this i really thought that the american spirit would be yeah i want to go and get my vaccine so that i don't get my neighbors sick oh yeah but that's not your driving force it's not us anymore dude there's no it's not like in us it's a it's me it's me and mine and screw you you and yours you know and it's Somewhere along yeah. the way, we just forgot about it. Like, we're all, I don't know. But then the ones that, like, the people that do the right thing, like you, you get punished for it. It's, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's absolutely That's my true. con for this episode, Johnny, is, God damn it. <laughs> you got done dirty, <laughs> buddy, and I'm really sorry. It is, it's okay, man. It's okay. I'm still here. I'm still alive. <laughs> Thank you probably to my vaccine, because I'm pretty sure I caught the Delta strain, and it sucked ass. Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's get, get out of your favorite, favorite moments. moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the old dude that's interviewing and basically just filling in the gaps by saying, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, Democrat was in office, so I was on the welfare. Yeah. That was a good 
I it, it tickles me, tickles me pink, man. Every time, every time I hear it, mostly because I don't know anybody that does that. And it's very much a caricature. And I'm sure that there are Republicans out there that get really mad and angry and think that that's an actual way people do things. I think it's hilarious. Yep. Um, I, this, I think, is our first introduction to Hank calling something Goofenthal. I think so, yeah. I think it's our introduction to Goofenthal, and uh, that's yeah. a very Hank word, and almost <laughs> nobody else could ever get away with saying it. And probably, it maybe in my top like three of Buck's lines of all time, uh, he's a drooling nincompoop. <laughs> just the way that is delivered. <laughs> Yep. Especially because he's just staring at, and this is this specific part is what I'm talking about, where Leon is animated very well. He's got a fly just like, fl- like walking in and out of his mouth, and he's sitting there just chuckling and drooling and foaming at the mouth. Like it's <laughs> yeah. disgustingly beautiful animation, and and Buck just going, he's a drooling nincompoop, Hank. What you do here? <laughs> yep. Oh, every time. <laughs> How about you, yep. buddy? What's your favorite moments? I only have one, and it's you had me at fruit pies. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the look. I love the face. I love all of it. I love Bobby. God bless the you, commitment. Bobby. You, yeah, you. We're still loving fruit pies. We've done it before. We're gonna do it again. It's great. Lady oh, Bird gets his scent off his fruit pie like it's it's the best. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That was that was a while back, but yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you want to rate this bad boy? I think we should, but uh, I think I want to give you a breakdown of our rating system first. I think that's a good idea. So our rating system is as follows, and in true King of the Hill fashion, we start at the very bottom of the barrel with a charcoal rating. A charcoal episode is an absolute dog turd of an episode. It's good for absolutely nothing except for leaving soot underneath your boy's fingernails. It's definitely unwatchable, especially if you're doing a rewatch of the series. From there, we get our Megalo rating. It's kind of our, our bronze tier. Megalo episodes aren't really anything to write home about. They've got a one or two good ep- like good moments in the episode. And other than that, you know, not a lot of character development, not a lot, uh, not a lot to do. After that, we have our silver rank, which is the butane. Butane's a bastard, bastard gas, and it's a bastard of an episode, usually. Uh, butane episode is usually about... Two or three real good jokes and maybe some minor development here. It's uh, it's slightly better than most. And yeah, you'll probably rewatch it, especially if it's on at 12 o'clock in the morning and you're high. After that, we have our Char King Imperial. That's the gold standard. The Char King is the king of all grills. And these are usually the kings of all King of the Hill episodes. Yeah, I just said king like three times in a row. Deal with it. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, our Char King episodes are are starting to become fewer and far between because they are near perfect episodes of this show. They show you everything that uh, that you want to see in one of these episodes, with just a few minor flaws. Usually, usually we got to hunt for flaws in this. Gotta After that, hard, we yeah. have our we have our S tier Blue Flame of Valor. This is the absolute perfect episode, not only of King of the Hill but of television. This is exactly why we watch this show. These are the memorable moments, like the "I don't know you, that's my purse." And the this flower is wilting. Th- these sort of moments in this show that everybody that has never even seen it knows what you're talking about. So there's our rating s- system here. Uh, Mark, you want to give us a, a rating for Junkie Business? 
I would love to, and I'm sure we could already call this one. I gave it a megalo. I don't like this episode. It irritates me. It's <laughs> plotting. Peggy is weird and does the same thing she just did three episodes ago, and Buck once again is being a piece of shit, but I guess that was six episodes, so whatever. You can chunk him in every, you know, three or four. I don't know. I didn't care for it. Not a lot of standout moments. Bobby's wonderful. How about you, buddy? Uh, you hit the nail on the head there, buddy. I also gave it a mega low. It's a neat concept for an episode. I feel like, uh, this, uh, this had the potential to be another one of our keeping up with the Joneses where it was a very special episode. That's very memorable, but it totally just fell flat. You know, you could have done a lot more, I think, with somebody abusing the workers' rights system and being an addict. You also didn't have to be such a dickhead to Leon most of the time. You also didn't have to turn him into the villain most of the time, but Hey, that's just me. I think. So I also, I gave it a megalo, man. It's, it's not quite a charcoal, but really I think drool and income poop is what saves it for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we bust it's not, on through? I'll still watch oh, it. It's not a charcoal yet. Like it's not quite a charcoal. I still, <laughs> I know that I didn't like this one going into it, but like whatever, I'll still watch it. You know, it's so yeah, not, not quite. We're not, we're not quite there, but man, we're towing that line. So I, I want you, I want to pose a hypothetical before we get to our next episode here, Mark. Yeah, sure. It is, uh, it is the mid-2000s, and you just got DirecTV in your dorm room, and all of a sudden you realize that you have Cartoon Network not only on the East Coast, but on the West Coast, and they're both playing King of the Hill, but two different episodes. Do you watch this episode, or do you watch Traffic Jam? I, I want to be divisive here. I want to get some, some good content out of this because I feel like we had this conversation last episode about yeah. how Traffic Jam really is not watchable anymore. Traffic Jam, every time. I still You're going to watch Traffic, Traffic Jam. Jam. Okay. Yeah, like, it's still, it's got more moments, man. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's you? fair. Um, you know, I, know I probably you would like watch Traffic, Traffic Jam, Jam better as well. than I did, but... You know, I think I would watch Traffic Jam as instead of this one as well. Okay. And like I said, really, like there's very few moments in this one, and at least a couple more, and a much better guest star. Like in yeah. Traffic Jam, that's just that's just what it is. I think. Yeah, well, I think you're right. Why don't we move our uh, our way over to Life in the Fast Lane, Bobby's Saga, episode thirty three. We have an original air date of May third, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, our writer here is John Altshuler, and his name may sound familiar, huh, Mark? It really does, Johnny. Why does it sound so familiar? Uh, because John Altshuler and Dave Krinsky are a writing duo, and they do a lot of work. We've only watched um, one of their episodes so far. Uh, that is Three Days of the Condo. Ooh, such a good one. Which, yes. it, it's a good one. But I'm going to look and see here All right. uh, because I know that they have an awful lot of writing credits on a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, they are co-creators, oddly enough, with, um, oh my God, with Mike Judge, excuse me, uh, for Silicon <laughs> Valley. Okay. The TV show Silicon Valley. I think that's probably one of their bigger ones. Um are you yeah, a Silicon like, Valley fan? I, I know you've dropped before, but are you into that show? I have watched all of it, and honestly, if you guys are interested in watching it, turn it off after the third season. It stops being funny, and it stops getting original, and it just becomes, you hate, you just end up hating, like, 
most of the characters by halfway through a season and then you feel like you're you're just beholden to finish the rest of it because you started it i'm plugging i'm pitching it right now after we finish all of king of the hill we're watching that. <laughs> you want to do some silicon valley i i haven't watched an episode of it i don't even know what the hell it's about like uh, yeah, so i, I mean it's, i'd be it's down my, I would, it's, johnny i would love to like like do the entire mike judge canon with you that would be the Holy shit, that'd be the greatest thing ever. I would be so into that. Like, whatever, not to get too ahead of ourselves here, but yeah, like... So, yeah. I mean, I'm, in, I'm into it. Like, I would definitely do it at least for a little bit because Silicon Valley, it was billed specifically as, all right, this is office space, but it's set in San Francisco in Silicon Valley in modern day. Basically, okay. if office space were set in modern day Google. Okay. And it's all about startups and these guys that have created this ridiculous thing and they work for for essentially like jeff bezos or or elon musk or something and the guy's a total tool that that walks around with his guru with him everywhere and yeah it's it's very funny the first couple of seasons and they've got some really interesting characters but they just they get tired after a while okay. and then you can tell they kind of just phoned it in because they had like an extra three or four seasons of money that they got from hbo to just kind of finish it out they got Game of Thrones, okay. Yeah, they got Game of Thrones, man. You really can stop it after the first couple of seasons, and you're much better off for it. Yeah. I would be interested in undertaking that with you, but that's for another podcast, and I apologize for derailing us so severely, but... <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, we're talking about John Altshuler and Dave Krinsky, and I think it's important to bring up their other body of work because uh, guys got a... They, they're, they're good enough at writing that they got a six-season HBO show. So yeah. I think that's something to say. Uh, let's see here. Our cast of characters for this episode is Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann, Platter, Dale Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve, a policeman cameo, which is, I, I always love that. Uh, we've got Jimmy Wichard, our introduction to the infamous Jimmy Wichard. We've got Tug, who's back. He is our crazy half-thumbed NRA buddy. We have a cameo by this little kid named Billy, and we have a celebrity cameo, Mark. Who's our celebrity cameo? And if you can't name him... Then he's he's I'm for sure putting him in my retro rage. I already have that as my ret I have that as my your retro reference rage. But yes, <laughs> it's it's Dale Earnhardt. Like yeah, one right? Dale, Dale Earnhardt. R.I.P. Yeah. All righty, hey Johnny. Hey, hey, hey Johnny. Mark. Do you know what <laughs> Dale Earnhardt and Pink Floyd have in common? What do they have in common? Their last great hit was The Wall. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if we should cut that one out or not. I feel like that's a little divisive, Mark. For all you NASCAR fans out there that think we are uh, we are sacrileging right now, uh, it's Mark. It's Mark that's doing it, not me. All the right. views of Mark do not necessarily reflect, reflect the views of Dangle Podcast. So our synopsis for this episode is uh, Bobby gets his first job, and he finds out firsthand just how bad some bosses can be. So our A story characters here are going to be a Bobby, Hank, and Jimmy Witchard. Our B B story characters here, because I definitely feel like we've got a B story here. It's uh, Bill Dale and Boomhauer. It's nice to get a good solid uh, B story with the guys. We I feel like we haven't seen one of those for a while. Yeah, not since uh, Man Who Shot Kane Scrotterberg, I don't think. Right. I want to say, and even then, they weren't the B story. They were the A story. But it's been a minute. Well, since Well, yeah, but I mean, like they were involved yeah. in it, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it's been a while since uh, since we've seen all four of the guys. Yeah. Um, you mind if I jump into some pros, bud? Hell yeah, buddy. Uh, so I feel like we haven't gotten a very good Hank slash Bobby bonding episode in a while. Like, we started mm-hmm. off the season with a real good one in How to Fire a Rifle without really trying. And I don't know if yeah. we've gotten another really good one since then. So it's kind of cool that they're, they're summing it up at the end of this season as well. Yeah. I want to know... So this is our first Jimmy Wedgard. And yeah. this is a pro because I think Jimmy is hilarious. <laughs> but I also... I mean, guys, I like uh, in poor taste comedy sometimes i grew up watching south park and the simpsons and anytime you can take a pot shot at anything i usually think it's pretty funny i want to know mark how in the hell did they allow jimmy witchard to stay on the air after this episode let alone show up later in the series like mid to late 2000s he is in some of the last episodes of this series he's a funny character like and he's also guess, super but... super He's also really relatable. Johnny, you've had this boss. Even if you don't realize, maybe not this extreme, but you've had this boss. You know this person that's always been a vague men- vague menace of power, but also isn't all the way there. Like, nah, man. In terms of, like, real things, Jimmy Richard... with Jimmy... Wow, I can't even talk. That coughing fit killed me. Jimmy Richard is a very real thing and a very... It's, it's everywhere. It's... Nah, I... I I get where you're coming from because I was going to ask you kind of the same question, but at the same time, yeah. no, it's, it's not, it's, it's there, like, and if nothing else, it's a caricature. We have the caricature of Buck Strickland as the worst boss ever, and that's in that sense. Now we have the yeah. caricature of Jimmy Witcher ever in this sense. In fact, that's one of my pros, Johnny. I'm going to save it till the end. You keep talking. <laughs> no, that's fair. I don't know. He is he is a caricature almost to the extreme. Yeah. But yeah, it's I don't know watching this now, it's real hard to say that somebody would not have an issue with how they chose to make him enfeebled or delayed or whatever nice PC way you want to say it. Just the way that guy sounds. There's no way that shit would fly now. Well, can I counterpoint? Sorry, I just realized this. No, one. counterpoint it, watched, man. Uh, Let's hear it. Have you watched F is for Family on Netflix, the Bill Burr one? I have, yes. Yeah, dude, uh, Scoop, the guy that takes over the airline. He's literally Jimmy Witchard. <laughs> okay. And point, I'm sorry, that was taken. what? That was two years ago, yeah. And then, yeah, like, nah, man, you can still totally do this. I, the difference here is that was that is Netflix where you have to pay for it and all this other stuff, essentially cable TV versus King of the Hill, which is a network. Network in 1990s, though. We got 1998, though, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll say it. I, I, I mean, I'll see it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other pros I got here. Uh, I love the guy's pit crew drills. Oh, yeah. I have moments. always thought it would be fun to try and do that. Like, just, just looking at it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's kind of a cool, like, weird specialized skill. I don't watch a lot of NASCAR. Uh, I didn't understand that the entire point system in NASCAR in order to win their cup is essentially the exact same way that you rank a Mario Kart match. Like... It took me until I was almost 30 years old to realize that. And then I actually went, oh, shit, I actually could enjoy watching NASCAR if I can equate it like that. Um, But I've always, like, even as a little kid, I always thought it was super cool that somebody could change a tire in, like, four seconds. Agreed. I I do get a kick out of, like, the Formula One guys, and they'll do it in just, like, the blink of an eye, and they set the world record, like, every season or something. 
Yep. Yeah, that's that's really neat. Oh yeah. Um, and then, of course, the uh, the ultimate pro for this entire episode. What is uh, Hank Hill's most famous catchphrase, Mark? <laughs> what is it? It's, I'm going to kick your ass. And don't, boy, does yep. Hank do some ass kicking in this episode. Like, Holy literally shit, ass he? kicking. And it's so awesome. Yep. It is the so awesome. The man kicks through a chain link fence. A fence, mind you, that is made to catch, like, wreckage of cars. And he can right? kick through it. Hank's the goddamn juggernaut, bitch. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yep. All right, buddy. That's that was it for my pros. What do you got? Um, so a couple weird notes first, because I always have my weird notes. Number one pro, and I'll even give it a pro. The cop is um Mike Judge. It's Mike Judge doing Mike Judge. Yes. You can catch it a little bit. I think it's great. Um, second, the cop's vanity plate says "entrap," and I think that's hilarious. <laughs> um, I want Bobby's burrito that he's eating. God damn, that thing looks gross and good. I really, really want that. Yes, that's like the ultimate hangover burrito. Oh god, it looks so good. I want like three you know of them it's right nothing now. like you know it's like a third of a pound of nothing but refried beans inside like mm-hmm. this just terrible, awful like homemade tortilla or something like that that's 90% lard. Oh yeah. It's so gross. I yeah. My stomach hurts from eating the imaginary burrito, but I want them. I want more <laughs> than one. Yeah. <laughs> um oh. I like that the only way out of getting out of the job is climbing a fence and it's literally you might as well tell Bobby to, you know, do advanced trigonometry. This ain't going to happen. Like <laughs> right it's it's he just sees that like little skinny kid vault and he looks at the fence he can't do it (laughs) and also i've got one final pro johnny i am happy to announce that i know what jimmy witcher did at the end of king of the hill okay he went on to be the ceo of kroger but um tish (laughs) wow they just hanging fruit this guys low hanging fruit (laughs) Haha, that was a produce joke. I'm on to you, mister. <laughs> well, uh, let's, uh, let's do some cons here. Um, I I feel like uh, maybe it's because I watch a lot of TV, but I have seen the premise of give somebody a dollar so they can start their own business, and I've seen it backfire like a million times. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure every sitcom at any point in the 90s had this as an episode, and so I've, I've just seen it too many damn times uh i will kind of morph this into a pro though just like you said i love that it takes the weird turn of well yeah and now bobby has bought like four pounds of food with a dollar because it's the 90s like you could do that back then right like he he inst- so he totally was like nope i'm just gonna buy a, a bunch of food with this and i'm not gonna do your whole start a business thing i also uh just to kind of go off of how bobby does no idea what like he has no idea what money is like equates to or what anything costs. I want to buy a hundred dollar pair of short pants. I thought about just that. to you say I own be it. Comfortable, probably. If they're a hundred bucks, they damn well better be. At that, Kevin Smith. I know you don't listen. Maybe you do. Have you ever bought a hundred dollar pair of short pants with your sweet sweet clerk's money? Let us know. Let's please let us know, man. Um. So. 
I'm also going to say that a con here, and this is kind of a personal con, but it's definitely a timely one that I'm pretty sure you would agree with me. At, yeah. Now, at the time, it was very appropriate, but if you take Hank's advice, Hank's advice to Bobby now of, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, put your head down and work as hard as you can and find the job that nobody else wants to do and yada, 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 it is a terrible advice now. Like, nobody has a job that they keep for 20 years anymore. That is not how the business world works anymore. Yeah. If you're not, if like, if you sit at a job, and this this is in no way meaning a slam against you, buddy, because I know you've been at yours for a very long time, but you actually no, have good. seen some, some progress, and you haven't hit your top yet. But if you have gotten close to the top after three or four years, there is no reason for you not to continue looking at for other jobs with better pay. Like, I, nobody I, I is the Hank close, Hill anymore. I made it close to the top in four years. Like, no, it's... Yeah. I... This this episode hit weirdly close to home, and it was like, oh, God, I worked all the shifts that no one wanted, and now yep. I'm burdened with glorious, awful purpose. Yep, it sucks. <laughs> like, it's pretty awful, right? Because we, we've been conditioned and, and trained our Dude, entire lives by stuff like this. my anniversary was on the 28th. It's terrible. I am going to my yeah. sixth Thanksgiving in about a week here, not to pull back a curtain too far, but, oh. Yeah. Like... But you are also Nuts. like the only person I know that's kept a job that long, like the same job. But you know what's weird though is, goddamn, I'm glad I had it when COVID hit. Not to get again, not to get too like COVIDy with this one, but holy shit, dude! Like, not only did I get that crazy pay spike and everything when people thought we mattered, like, <laughs> yeah. I I kept a job when a ton of people didn't, you know? Yeah. Like, it took the world ending for me to get a stroke of good luck, I think. But, yeah. For sure. Well, definitely to get that nudge all the way up to your promotion, for sure, I bet. Yeah. But, that, yeah. Well, that was the manager that hated me left. Sure. But I, don't, I, I look at it this... Like, we're mixing it up, but I like Mark. Anyway. <laughs> I look at it like this. I've I've been in my job for just over a year now. Um, and yeah. technically, it's I haven't been at my job for over a year because I just switched positions. But I was in my previous one for about a year before I got promoted. Um, I got about a dollar and a half hour promotion from that. I'm intending on doing this job for at most three years, but probably not in the same building, maybe for the same company. And then after that, my master's is done and I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to look at other options. Ideally, I'd like to work for myself because damn, is that not just the dream, right? podcast empire baby like we're gonna podcast empire but really like i think nowadays if you're not continuously looking for another job or that next big opportunity there is no such thing as loyalty anymore and that's a good thing because that's how innovation works it's how people continue to like reform teams and new minds start connecting with each other i'm gonna go off on a tangent if i keep going with this so (laughs) um my last con here Every kid's voice in this is just Bobby's voice, but different. I You nailed one of mine. Actually, you've nailed all my cons, I think. Yeah. Did I? Yeah. And holy hell, does that annoy me. Let's hear Let's hear some stuff on you, Mark, because i got to take a drink. I'm, I'm dying here. That doesn't make any sense. Never mind. Why wouldn't he go inside? <laughs> Why wouldn't he go inside, Johnny? What does that mean? Um, I don't know. Um, Why wouldn't he go yeah, inside no, to the... eat his burrito? Oh, that's it. Yeah, he's just he's just humping that son of a bitch on the front on the front step. Like he's he's in full on like Gollum mode where he's just like my preciousing his burrito on the front porch. God damn, dude, he is Leon petarding that burrito. Yeah, um, 
That's what it was. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so we, we get that those same brave brain waves, bud. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, really, that's my note. Why wouldn't you go inside and you hit it? Wow, you got my third for third con. The other kid is literally Bobby. The message about work in this one is trash. Um, also, my just overarching... Oh, wait, I do have another one. Sorry. Cut back. Um, where the hell do they get 62,000 fans from? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Also, this is the Arlen Speedway, right? It's just the Arlen yeah. Speedway. Or is it the Heimlich County... Either way, there's not 62,000 goddamn people in Heimlich County in 1998. No. Shame on you. That's all I got. Maybe there is. I don't know. But well, no, so no. You, you bring up a good point, too. How in the world is Bobby con- consistently working when NASCAR doesn't go to the same track every single week? Local races. I guess, but Boone then, Howard like you the said. Chances, right? That's true. Yeah, they do. I also don't know dick about NASCAR. I hate NASCAR. NASCAR is the laziest sport they ever made. Also, second (laughs) joke that I can't tell tonight. Hey, you know what got Dale Earnhardt? It was a goddamn blue shell. Next. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Oof. I love it. Um, Before before we get into favorite moments, we've got some retro reference rage. And you named one already, but the other one is also a NASCAR reference. And they bring him up like... 20 times in this episode. More than Dale Earnhardt. Jeff when was Gordon. the last time Jeff Gordon did anything of note? Dude, I don't even know. Again, though, I hate NASCAR, and I remember knowing Jeff Gordon when I was a kid because of it, but yeah. Pretty much. Well, and Bobby's not wrong. He's like, wow, he's a race car driver? I just thought he was a cereal box model because most people <laughs> didn't really give a shit that he was a race car driver. He was a moderately handsome Southern dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's that's some little rage for you guys. <laughs> All right, uh, favorite moment here. We already nailed one of mine, and it's Bobby's value menu. Yep. I yeah it. That is like one I one of the most memeable things I've ever seen in this show. I'm surprised <laughs> that we don't see it more often. Is him just turning around with beans literally dripping from his face. Challenge. Tonight we go meme that. Both of us throw them up on the Twitter. I, I swear. I swear. Uh, and then <laughs> at least once a week, my wife will look at me and just go, uh, fans up there are hot and dry. They want something cold and wet. And I get I get quoted at. I get Jimmy Wichard every single week from my wife at least. <laughs> It'd just be something like, ah, it's really hot in here. And she goes, yeah, it's hot and dry. I want something cold and wet. Like... <laughs> It's the stupidest shit sometimes. And I do it right back to it, but. <laughs> What's so your favorite sweet. moments, buddy? I already called it. It's Hank kicking through that fence. <laughs> God, I, I love that whole thing. Like, he doesn't even care. Vaults the track. And I love Jimmy, too, because he thinks, oh, I'm safe. I'm going to poke the bear. And then he pokes the bear, and Hank Rutherford Hill kicks through that goddamn fence, and I love it. <laughs> And then I, that's where they blow their animation budget is Jimmy Witcher's face when he realizes, oh, I'm going to get my ass kicked. I, the whole <laughs> sequence. I, I love that entire sequence. Yes. Like, I love, I love Hank's rage face still because they don't really whip it out that much. But, man, you get it here. It's, it's great. It's, it's really good. Yeah. 
just to own a picture of it, I will say that one of the one of the animation cells I would want from this series is in this show, and it's Jimmy sitting in nothing but his hot dog costume, <laughs> just like sitting at his desk in his hot dog costume. <laughs> I want it, man. I need to have it. Uh, Smash let's the give bottles, this guy Tommy. A <laughs> Go to now, go to boy. <laughs> okay, we cannot Rating. we can we cannot devolve into Jimmy Witchard impersonations on here because we will offend somebody. Whatever. You're part of the problem. If you're getting offended <laughs> is my point. God damn it. Um we So cannot... I'm gonna rate this bad guy. Yeah. Rate him. <laughs> I I rate gave him uh, life Rate <laughs> rate rate the episode! You rate it now, Tommy! I I really want to read this as Jimmy Witcher, but I can't because I would it. just lose it. Do it now, Tommy. <laughs> I give life in fastling a butane. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimmy is problematic, but damn if this episode doesn't make me want to watch NASCAR. Like it's it's a silver level episode for me, man. We've got some great moments. Uh, a lot of good Bobby character development, Bobby and Hank development. Like the two of them sitting next to each other after he gets done with his first day of work. And he just goes, uh, here's a root beer, Bob. You can say yep now too. You earned it. Like <laughs> he calls him Bob. some wholesome ass moments. Moment. Yeah. You know, don't smile, son. You're a working man now. <laughs> Boy, does that resonate. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. How about you, Mark? What'd you give this? Um, I gave this one a char king. I love this episode. Like, I don't <laughs> okay. have, like, as I showed, I don't have really any cons. Like, yeah, the message about work really, it hits a different chord now, but that's not this episode's fault that America's so fucked, you know? Like, no, yeah. I, this is a great episode. It's just, I hate NASCAR, and that's honestly why it's not a blue flame of valor, because if, never mind, I can't get into that. That's my tangent I can't get into. <laughs> Like I said, other than Jimmy Witchard, who we will come back, and he's going to continue to be problematic with his uh, smashing cans and, and becoming a, a genius with Peggy. Like, we're going to see a lot more Jimmy Witchard, guys. I promise we're going to try and tone it down next time he shows up. I don't think we are. I refuse to tone I, it down. <laughs> I, you know, I might have to remind myself to tone it down when we get there. That's all right. We'll put a pin all in right. that one. <laughs> so for our uh, extra special third episode here, we have episode 34, Peggy's Turtle Song. Uh, original air date of May 10th, 1998. Uh, our writer here is Brent Forrester. So he is the voice of, who did I say? Leon Petard? Yeah. Yeah, he is the voice of Leon Petard. And I want to say he's done a bunch of other stuff as well. Yeah. Because he, this is the only episode I think that he wrote, or one of the few that he has written. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. So he was. Oh, this is producer. We don't want producer. He's a producer on a bunch of stuff. He he wrote a whole bunch of uh, different Office episodes in the later seasons. He wrote the Mafia episode. He wrote the Work Bus episode. Um, okay. he's uncredited, but he apparently wrote the screenplay for the Iron Giant. That's really weird. Cool. Yep. Yep. Um, he's what a, got a bunch. What a weird thing to do. 
Yep. I wrote episodes got... of sitcom television and the Iron Giant screenplay. Holy shit. And he shit. wrote the okay, Iron cool. Giant. Uh, before he wrote Peggy's Turtle Song in 1998, he wrote four episodes of The Simpsons. Um, one of, well, and one of them he didn't write by himself. Yeah. That's why he wrote Homer versus Patty and Selma. He wrote Lemon Uh of Troy. Uh Uh-huh. A fucking classic. So, wow. Sorry. I definitely dropped our F-bomb. Um, he wrote Homer Palooza. Okay. Yep. 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 With the Smashing Pumpkins. And I'm guessing Uh because there's no one single person that's credited with this episode. Uh, Steamed Hams revealed that to me, but he wrote, he must've been one of the writers of 22 short films about Springfield. Yes. So yeah. uh, he's got a pretty good stuff, good thing here. He wrote a bunch of stuff uh, for the TV series Love on Netflix, and he produced a bunch of stuff for Space Force on Netflix. Seems like the guy has got a pretty good, like, body of work. So good for him. That's it's really impressive. Yeah, that's yeah, good for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Considering like, that this is not one of our favorite episodes, guy's got some chops. That's insane to me. Yeah, I just, I'm so disappointed in this dude now. <laughs> well, here's our cast for this episode. Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale, Nancy, and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill Dotrieve. We have a cameo by Gary Kasner and Tilly Hill. Uh, we have a cameo by Emily, and we have a cameo by a, a random nurse, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know who that is. I So I found it very interesting. Emily is uh, Peggy's guitar teacher in this. And yeah. they do not tell, the, like the wiki does not have anything on who the voice actress for it was. And she mm-hmm. st- does not sound like one of the regular cast. Mm-hmm. And she really, no, it not sounds, at all. Not at all. And it sounds like it should be a cameo. And I don't know who it is. And maybe that's intentional. Maybe they intentionally did not name her because she is, she very well could be a famous person. There's a lot of weird connections to famous musicians that will show up later in this show. Um, and maybe it was just a, something like that, that they didn't want to call them out this early. There is an insane amount of that, and I never realized that till you just... Dude, every single season has a famous person in music. Like, Yeah. Up until ZZ Top and whatever, future retro reference rage, whatever, but damn, dude, like... Also... Yeah. Also, I got to call Fowl super quick because I pulled up IMDb because I wanted to see if I could get into this. One of their okay. images is goddamn Boomhauer's badge from the last episode. Screw Like, that's, that ain't oh, cool, man. Them. You're just like, like, it's like the slideshow and that's one of them. Like, you're giving it up, man. But. It's not cool. Not, not cool at all. Shame on you, IMDb. We're going to take you down too. First the wiki and now this. <laughs> we're coming for you. Did you know that also, Tilly Hill was built by Tammy Wyatt? <laughs> Try it again. Tammy... Okay, fucking A. Third time's a charm. Uh, Tilly Hill is vo- voiced by Tammy Wynette. I did not know that. Is she the, the voice the whole time? I that's She is for this episode. And then also, um, Emily's actress is Annie De... Try that again. Annie DeFranco. And okay. let's see what she's done here. So she's been in this episode of King of the Hill and... Apparently, a self-titled project called Shy. And okay. And a lot of soundtrack stuff. Let's see. Um, she wrote a song for Lady Bird. She wrote a song for One Hit Wonderland. The Red Card, The Armor of Light, Satisfaction, Love, Marilyn. A bunch of stuff I haven't heard of, but she has written a ton of songs. She's also appeared on So You Think You Can Dance Canada as a performer. So that's something. 
Does she spell it A-N-I? Yeah. D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O. Yeah, a gotcha. lot of... She's done a lot of stuff. She's done a ton of stuff, yeah. She has... Um, she's currently 51 years old. She was born okay. in Buffalo, New York, and she has over 20 released albums. Holy shit. How do we not know this woman? I don't know. And she's also known very much for activism. So, okay, yeah. perfect. Check her out, yeah. Look at her. Yeah, way to go, Get guys. Uh, Andy DeFranco. Yeah. I, d- I don't know why they didn't want to credit you in this, but good on you. You were memorable enough that we definitely figured out you weren't a regular. <laughs> hey, dude, uh, another so, thing you can slap on that friggin' wiki. Dude, you're going to take it, the goddamn cleaners in like a week. You realize that, right? We're going to get banned for being too damn good. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. They're just going to give me a job. Okay, all you're going to do is come and fix That's all you're of gonna the That's what you're going to do. That's your new that we job. Have. We found it. Oh, we did man. it, buddy. Can I do it from home? Hell yeah. Well, very <laughs> clearly, yeah, dude. What? They're going to, like, <laughs> make you move to L.A. to the King of the Hill fandom wiki offices? and <laughs> I'm just I'm going to do it for all the Mike Judge properties. I'm going to become the master of Silicon Valley and Beavis and Butthead, and it's going to be great. Hell yeah. Anyway, let's, let's, let's move on. Sorry. <laughs> um, here's our synopsis, synopsis I think, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Bobby tries his first pills, and Peggy learns to play guitar and to embrace her womanhood. I that's that's it. That's what I got, buddy. Good enough. Yep, I think that's about it. Yep, we've got um we have a legit A and B story in this, and I have no shame in saying I very much enjoy the B story better. Yeah, no, dude, everybody does. This is a bad very A story. Much not, so. It's not a bad A story, but No, it's, it's just, just not, not a, a very Peggy gripping story. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so our A-star characters, Peggy and Hank, and then B-star characters, Bobby and Luann. Uh, and it's really, I mean, it's Bobby and whoever he happens to be interacting with, but Luann's the one that kind of hangs out with him at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so our pros and cons. Oh, man. You, you go first. I've been I've been nailing these. You, you start us. This, it's true. So this... Uh, this episode has got some great Bobby, and that's why the B story is so much better. Like, yeah, so much better. I would have rather this been the focus of the entire episode is just watching Bobby hang out and do his, like, weird hyperactive kid or his weird <laughs> I'm on Ritalin kid stuff. Like, it is so good. So I, I got a question to ask you. Yes, sir. And it's, it's kind of like a... All right, I'm pretty sure I've done this, especially as a kid. I cannot fathom doing it now and how sick it would make me. How many bowls of cereal have you eaten in a single sitting before? I, When I was a teenager, I could probably say, like, I usually average three after dinner. Okay. Like, past okay. that, like, I wasn't really a marathon cereal eater. I was just, you know, ravenously hungry there for, like, 28 months. Fair. Very and I've fair. been fat ever since. But I, I, I have a very specific memory of my aunt and I was like 12 years old and I'm on vacation up in North Dakota of all places. And my aunt goes out to go and buy cereal for the breakfast in the morning. And next morning she shows up and she's like, Hey, I was going to go get some cereal. And I went, Oh, there's like one bowl left. She legitimately (laughs) called me a cereal killer and then looked at me like I would be offended by it. And I was like, absolutely not. I just about killed an entire box of cereal in one sitting. It's like 12 years old. I liked sugary cereal. I thought it was funny. So I don't know. Maybe this is uh, you. You talk about how you 
you embody a lot of Bobby in this ep- like in this series, and this yeah. is the first time I, I can genuinely connect with him. I think so far is uh, <laughs> even to this day I will still go to town on a bowl of cereal. Yeah. And so the idea that. that he just has three of them, bing, bang, boom, right in a row, is amazing. Uh, but then what it results in is one of my pros. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to say the line because it's in my favorite moments. But just like the way Bobby gets all hype, hyped up in class and the way he's just like talking back to his teacher and not really trying to get her goat, but just being a hyper kid. Yeah. And then just, okay, you need to go to the office. Okay. And just like sprints. We've never seen Poppy (laughs) sprint before. Nope. I just, it's such a strong start to this episode, especially for a B story. Yeah, it's great. I, that's one of Um, my, that's in my notes too. I love Sugar Fiend Bobby. It's, I, yeah. (laughs) Sugar Fiend. The look on his face too, when Hank tells him to get a third bowl and he, oh, I love that. (laughs) Right. I believe we do. Ugh, oatmeal. <laughs> Let's better put some sugar on that. Yep. <laughs> like, he is more hyped up and hopped up in this than he was straight up in the first season where he is literally just eating sugar. Yep. And it's so much better. I love, um, I love, I love that little bit, yeah. It's so good. So on the actual A story here, I felt watching this episode that it is very deep and it's very different than most of the series because it's Hank and Peggy not being naive about the weird tension in their relationship. Hank is very much like, Hey, I really like that you want to stay home or that you're even entertaining the idea. And I'm going to hit this as hard as possible, even though I can see it visibly makes you uncomfortable to leave your job. Yeah. And Peggy just goes with it because she is guilted by the fact that her kid is now on pills and she feels like it's her problem. Yeah. So I don't know, like that to me is a a super strong start to this that it it just kind of like peers out from there. Um, Yeah, it's, I don't know. I I like it. I like the sort of message that it gets. Um, I specifically like that we get a wholesome ending to this episode. That was my last pro here. Uh, Because I think that's what's needed to reset the dynamic between Hank and Peggy. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't give them that chintzy ending of, okay, well, she's actually going to sing the rest of the song, just like he said. And and it's because he showed up and he did the right thing and they're all happy, happy doodah and all this other stuff like happy family again. It it makes sense because otherwise it's just going to like no matter how many times you watch the episode, it's going to be weird. It's going to remind me of like Pygmalion where nothing is quite right afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ew. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, give me okay. some pros, bud. Because that, that, those are mine. Um, Sugar Fiend Bobby, I already called that. Um, I don't know if it's a pro or not, but man, Bobby wants Bobby makes me want to take Adderall. I can ascend to podcast greatness. That was just a note that I had. Um, did you notice that Gail, <laughs> the roommate from, from uh, I can't think of it, the death of, or the murder of Debbie Grund, whatever, from our next upcoming two-parter not propane boom but the next one he's in the audience he's he's just there yeah just that character is in there i even think they draw him as a woman and remove the breasts later on to recycle him it's literally gay are you it's the same hair color it's It's not some woman no it's (laughs) in this case i could be wrong but i'm 
almost a thousand percent that it's Gale. Um, I also have the note in my prose of there's three frames of Gary already giving this a hard butane because God damn it. I love Gary. Um, and also I really like Hank's arc in this one. It's yeah. But also that comes at a price. And if you don't mind me just leading into my first con, God Go damn it, it. Hank is gross. He's just so much of this is so we talk. And again, like I know we talk about like the framing of this. It's, it's, it's 1997, but even that, dude, this this is inexcusable in '97. Ho ho! What does he say? Things are getting traditional in the Hill households. Something to that effect. And God, yeah. it's so gross, man. Yeah, family values about, are like, back in. That's that's what it is. Yeah, and I hate it. I hate every part of it. I, it's gross. I, yeah. Hank is so much more progressive than that, and he's already shown it so much. So it, it's it's not just gross; it's off character for him. Also that. But I get it because he does have some pretty solid growth in this episode, I guess. Like, he lets Peggy play Betsy. That's huge. And Yeah. Yeah. That's it's a big damn deal. Like, remember... Re- yeah. Remember episode Hank's three got the or willies. Four? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a big goddamn deal, but yeah. How about you, buddy? What are, what are some of your cons? Um, so, so one of them is right at the very beginning where the nurse straight up says, uh, yeah, he's got ADHD, I believe. And he's like, don't you got to go to a doctor to diagnose that? She's like, um, most people don't have the pamphlets that I do. Nurses can't (laughs) diagnose shit, dude. Like they can't diagnose anything. But dude, this is Texas in 97. You know, this shit happened all the time. Like, uh, probably that's why we have so many kids on Adderall now. Um, I I get personally offended because I do, for all intents and purposes, I kind of describe myself as a feminist. And if anything, I'm more of a multiculturalist. It just kind of encompasses feminism. And not yeah. every single one of people like me that want equal rights for people is that bad of a caricature, even when they're protesting something. Yeah. Like, I know they did it to drive home a point, and the 90s are a very different time than now, and there was a lot less exposure of that sort of stuff then than there is now. But it makes me mad because I don't like, I don't like caricatures that are such low hanging fruit. Sure, but at the same time, man, a lot of these, a lot of these caricatures, dude, they're still here in twenty twenty one. You just gotta control shift V, you know, like they you, you yes. just copy and pasting. It's like a lot of it, you know, even even in so far as them getting mad when Peggy doesn't start bashing Hank. Yeah. Without making points that I am not nearly anywhere qualified to make, like that whole, yeah, well, what about you support all women and not tear them down? Shut up. That's not how this works. Just stop. Like, it's yeah. all, I, it's bad. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And it's still bad. We've talked about this before, and it's really a pity that we're still dealing with this how many years later? Like, it just sucks. I hate I hate caricatures like this because they become such easy targets for for people that don't agree with them and then yeah. just want to just shit all over them for a specific ideal. This this person Emily, the mm-hmm. the caricature of Emily, I have seen sho- shoved in my face every, almost every single day on the news since November of 2016 as the ideal female liberal candidate or anybody that is liberal at all pretty much. Who is qualified it's to speak it's... for women, and she's just liberal enough, and she's just white enough. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 
yeah, I got you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's my problem that, with yeah. it is, yeah. So I, I'm tired of seeing it. Maybe that's, it's a, it can be a personal con. I'm okay with owning that one. Um, once no, again, I'm with you 100%. Re- like, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't want to talk about it. I want to like, I, God damn it, Johnny, I don't want this stupid show to be timely and referential for that. I want to watch a fucking animated show that I liked when I was eight years old. Like, and <laughs> that shit's not happening. Like, <laughs> it's fair. You know, shit. That's okay. Uh, the only uh, other con- we'll, we'll we'll get off we'll get off of feminism here. Uh, the only other con I've got here is that um, Peggy's naivety or naivety, whatever you want to call it, it's, yeah. it shows a lot in this episode. How do you not know the entire episode that you're singing about a turtle that won't come out of her shell? That you're not basically talking about how your husband won't let you get out of your house. I feel that, but I had that as one of my pros. Is that like? Or not a pro, but just as my note, my, 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 my final thoughts is, like, I like Peggy's naivete against, like, the hard feminism. Like, she's talking about, because it is, like, we talk about Hank Sark or whatever, and it's a good bit. And he realizes, no, my wife has to teach. My wife has to do these things. Like, that's what yeah. completes her as a person. And we get that. And then, like, you get Peggy, and she needs this outlet now. She doesn't have it. So she'll make the very basic metaphor of, no, this is about a turtle that just wanted to do stuff. And she doesn't right. have the, cli- the the ending for it because she doesn't know what it is yet. But then she, you know, no, she comes out of a shell to find a turtle named Hank. And, like, that's how it ends is she's she's not getting wrapped up into, like, this whole all men are evil, let's piss on all men, down with them, you know? Peggy yeah. needs to express herself and she gets taken advantage of in that sense. And I really like Peggy's naivete in that sense because she's not trying to make a statement. She's trying to express a feeling that she doesn't know how to do. Yeah. Not to, t- I don't like, I don't think I'm just like coming at you with like rebuttal. I just, I really no. like Peggy in this episode. No, no, go for it, man. Like that's, that's, it, it makes for interesting listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I know, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to like just counterpoint you at all. I you, don't think I'm trying to be a dick to make an argument is my point. Sorry. No, <laughs> well, no, no. Oh, you're good, buddy. <laughs> um, I want to get into some retro rage here. I've got two of them before we get to our favorite moments. Uh, I still have no idea who Gloria Steinbrenner is. I'm assuming it has something to do with George Steinbrenner, the owner of the Yankees. Isn't she? (laughs) But I don't know. Yeah, she was because that's what Dale calls her out for. Yeah. I feel like she was one uh, of those hot shit feminist leaders in the 70s, but I I don't know as much as I should on this topic. I'll be the first to admit it. It it could be. So, I mean, you're proving my point here. We don't know who the hell she is. Yeah. Um... And I don't think many people know that uh, know who Jerry Ford is anymore. Even though the man was a president, I don't think many people know who he was. Do you think that he likes beer and nachos? <laughs> Hi, I'm Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> and football? <laughs> oh. oh, man. Okay, um... Mark, I want you to ask me a very specific question so that I can answer you with my favorite moment. Oh, God, you're putting me way too on the spot. I need you to read me in, Johnny. Nope, no, this is fine. I just need you to say the words Thomas Jefferson. Uh, Thomas Jefferson. Own slaves. (laughs) (laughs) I... (laughs) That's my favorite moment of the whole episode, and it's right at the beginning. 
And it's just some of the, the we're going to, it's Mother's Day. So some of the most famous mothers all around the world own slaves. What? <laughs> it is so bizarre and random and perfect. And it makes it, Bobby makes it for me. <coughs> I love it. I'm going to die again. <coughs> oh, shit. <laughs> How about you, buddy? Uh, give me oh, a favorite man. moment when you when you can actually breathe. Whew, here we are. No, um, no, that was it. It's Bobby Sugar Fiend. I love that that whole little bit. It's great. I love it. I also have yeah. as an animation note. I love Peggy's scream and Emily's instant regret face. They blew the animation budget on <laughs> yeah. Peggy's scream face, and I love that bit too. I had those. Yeah, God bless you, Kathy. And I, I got it back. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, perfect. Dude, well, let's, man, uh, the King let's... of the Hill voice actors really put the mics through their paces, don't they? Like, between her and yes, uh, they do. Brittany Murphy, like, whee! I want to yeah. know how many mics they just blew up between the two of them. <laughs> it got into a weird contest, and yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's give this guy a rating, Mark. What'd you, what'd you give this as a rating? Um, I gave it a butane. This isn't a bad episode by any stretch. I didn't like it i didn't enjoy it but it was fine to watch it i didn't i definitely didn't want to skip it i definitely liked it better than i like junkie business to be sure and yeah butane okay. bobby's hilarious uh what what does he have there's 62 check 263 bumps on every checker except for this one i love it <laughs> yes oh also also i took we totally glossed over this and i can't believe neither one of us said it when they're on the bus and joseph says do you feel anything and bobby goes starting to and sees the fly rubbing his legs love that um, and then i love luann all hopped up on it too it's yep man kids don't share prescription drugs unless you do because apparently then it's hilarious and a lot of fun johnny have and, and please film please film yourself at that point yes um so the courts have I, something before i give my point. rating before I give my rating, I almost feel remiss because you're right. We only talked very, like, very briefly, it feels like, but I also feel like we spent way too much time on it because yeah. it's the B story um, on Bobby. But how, also, how did we miss the, there's some milk in the fridge that's about to go bad. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> oh, God. Favorite moment I is Bobby. Love, I also love Bobby's lines, like, just the delivery as Bobby. There's no, there's no Bobby in the voice. It's just Robo Bobby, and I love that too. Poor little guy. Like yes, yeah. right. <laughs> um, I will say that as far as Bobby, like perfect Bobby episodes go, every anytime he is on screen on this episode, I will put it up to par with Bobby Goes Nuts, or okay. Mm, our first New Orleans episode. I would put it up there with every single time he's on screen. Oh, you get a body classic. Yep. Yeah. I, I will okay. put that. And Bobby alone gives this episode of butane for me. The rest of this, Hell it yeah. makes me feel weird and uncomfortable. Just, yeah. The idea that uh, Emily's first view of the entire Hill family at their, their dinner is... Peggy getting beaten into the ground, Hank getting super defensive, and Bobby being so drugged up he doesn't know what the hell is going on. As an outsider, that's a really bad look for your family. Oh, yeah. But it's good writing. Good writing. Bobby's is just better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But 
I'm glad. Oh, man, I'm so glad that we had like all of that to give the B plot the ability to be so damn weird. Because if this was like a funny episode and Bobby was on Dru- or on Ritalin or whatever they're giving him, it would not notice it. You'd you'd yeah, you'd miss it all. Like yeah, damn Brett. Uh, what's his name? I want to say Brett Ratner. That's it. That's not it. It's um. Brett Forrester, man, killing it. Like, well done, He's, sir. He did a great job. Yeah. But uh, you know what else? I think we did a great job, Johnny, in our first ever three-episode takedown. We did it. I think so. Yeah. And I guess there's only one thing to do, and that's to ask you if you still like King of the Hill, right? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about you, man? I still am enjoying King of the Hill. Love's a very strong word, and I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> I'm still digging it like it's it's better than Family Guy, so we got that going. Well, Mark, where can the, the good people on Internet Land find us? Uh, the good people on Internet Land can find us by going to Dangle Podcast at Twitter, danglepodcast at gmail.com, and you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. And Johnny, where can they find you, buddy? Uh, they can find me at Krautball Stream. Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in scream with a T in the middle. Ooh, you mixed it up. I'm so proud of you, buddy. I did. I've been I've been searching and hunting for a new way to make that fresh. <laughs> you you done well, sir. You've done well. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Good night.